All right, so I'm here with uh, Pastor Josh. So uh, super glad to be here, man. Man, I really appreciate it. Um, just go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell me a little bit. Tell me right. so, about yourself. Like Paul said, my name's Josh, Josh Griffin. Uh, we're recording this, you know, in Cabot, my hometown. Uh, 46 years old, been here my whole life. Been uh, in church my whole life, been involved in the community my whole life. So I love this town, love the people, even the people who move here, you know, <laughs> we, we love them. And uh, so I've always kind of my professional career, I've been in some type of sales, uh, owned a couple of businesses. My wife's owned a business, but uh, started off in my ministry kind of in my early 30s and sort of went through the, you know, firing squad of doing youth and then moved on into a sort of a college ministry and then sort of a associate pastor. And now I'm the uh, lead pastor of a small church here in town and, and really enjoy it. Been there about five years and uh, just learning with the people. And once again, just, it's an honor to get to serve in your hometown, you know, but I love my family. I love the people here, you know, like to hunt fish, have three kids, got two boys and a daughter. They're basically 22 and, uh, 20 and 18 and uh, kind of going through that new phase of life to be empty nesters and married to my high school sweetheart. We've been married 26 years, been together over 30. So um, I know that's kind of rare and people always say we're beating the statistics, but with God's grace and will, we'll beat it to the end, you know, but Amen. that's about me wrapped up right there, you know. All right. Well, now in the next episode, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's crazy. So you've been here your entire life. Mm -hmm. um, so grew up about just, a mile from here. To be honest with you. Yeah. So just thinking about that, like how much uh, this area is blown up. Absolutely. Um, it's it's a very much so a military town. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of uh, law enforcement. Uh, I know that live here. <clears throat> um, it's a tough town. I mean, it's, you know, most people here, I mean, the school district's the biggest employer, but outside of that, it is construction workers, you know, a lot of military guys. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it's, I always like to think we're kind of tough, you know, we like to beat up on other towns in football and stuff like yeah, that, right. you know? Yeah, it's funny. Um, it, it, there's been some, uh, one thing that I, that hit me hard on my way home is that tornado that went through a few months ago. Mm -hmm. Um, because I was working out in Camp Robinson and right outside the gate mm -hmm. is where oh, absolutely. it was terrible. You know, my buddy that <clears throat> I'm having on in a couple of days, his church was, well, it's total. They completely mm -hmm. tore it down. But, um, you know, I know Cabot's had some, some tornadoes. Yeah, I was born in 77. And in 76, uh, people don't kind of mention as much anymore unless you've been here your whole life. But uh, they always talk about everything – sort of wraps around the the tornado of 76 you know it's like oh that that used to be such and such business till the tornado took it away and you know all that stuff and i mean for people who live here now they wouldn't know right you know but that tornado i mean it really changed a lot a lot of you know kind of cool stories came out of it you know it's you know we're a big faith-based town and they talk about how the tornado basically picked up over the school you know i mean it was just burrowing through town but when it got to the school and all the kids were in there huddled up and you know my my gramps was actually a bus driver at the time he's one of the biggest guy influences in my life and he was standing at the bus garage and he said he saw it pick up and go over the school it was like god over the high up. school yeah well back then there was i think sixth through 12th grade up there over okay. there and, and that so that is, is that the one that ripped through where the uh police station everything is now Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. The there. street used to go right through there, but after the tornado and blew everything down, they built the city hall there, which really garfed up traffic for a bunch of years. It's gotten better, even though it's not great. No, you know, and when the new Chick Fil A gets in, you might as well never go oh downtown. <laughs> I know. I, every time we go that way, which isn't very often, uh, I'm like the infrastructure is just horrible. horrible. Once know. that Chick Fil A opens, it's already bad with the Seven Brew that just opened. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not uh, sponsored by either of those, but um, <laughs> yeah, the traffic's going to be crazy. Um, They're supposed to open a road up in the backside of it's called Myrtle Street, and they've always kind of had plans for that road to extend on through. Mm -hmm. And and our mayor, I like our mayor. He's a couple years older than me, knowing for a long time, and you know he's trying to be very purposeful 
in our infrastructure and how things are coming through. So, I mean, I know everybody, you know, not everybody likes change, but I think five years from now, nobody know the difference, you know? Yeah. I think at this point for Cabot, at least there's been enough new blood in the, in the city that mm -hmm. change is inevitable. I know, yeah. I know a lot of things have been uh, pushed off for many years, um, but it's growing, you know, Oh, it's crazy. I actually, in our annual, uh, my class, it, well, there's a picture in there where they pulled us out our senior year and took a picture of all the ones who had started here as a kindergartner. Okay. And so, and of course, there have been people come and go, but there's probably 30 kids in that picture, but I graduated with 315. Yeah. And now I think they graduate seven, 800 kids. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so I've lived through the boom of population, of course, church population and pizza population. You know, yeah. it's like there's always churches and pizza. Right. Know? So that just made me think. So what what was it like, or what made you decide to open up uh, Breakout? Well, I didn't open up Breakout. Okay. Yeah, I actually came in there after some other folks had planted that church. Okay. So it's kind of an interesting deal because. We were considered a church plant and the folks who planted that church had come from another church and they just wanted to kind of stick together and i don't know necessarily all the ins and outs on it so when i came along uh the two guys they had sort of two pastor system mm -hmm. and uh one of them didn't he lived in north little rock and they were just like we kind of need to hand this off to somebody else and um so and there was actually you know it was a bigger group of people then, but just over time, you know, I think people found their way other places and then COVID kind of yeah. cut stuff down and stuff. But, okay. but I mean, I've been in a bunch of churches around here and, you know, I've seen churches come, churches go, but you know, it's a pretty strong faith community compared yeah. to a lot of places. I mean, it, you know, we, we grew up in the city and, you know, kind of in the city jokes is there's a Seven Eleven on every corner. Mm -hmm. There's a church on every corner. I know there's a church on every corner. And the back in the day when there was video stores, it was like church, video store, pizza, bank. That was the running <laughs> joke. Right. It was, what was everywhere. Uh, yeah, they just um, wasn't the right next to the was it the Cabot Baptist was a family video. Mm -hmm. that's the mm -hmm. care now. Yeah, that's the last kind of video store I remember. Yeah, but I even back when I was a kid, I played little league, and the team sponsor was late night video. And if you hit a home run, they gave you a free movie rental. So I was always like, "Let's go get that movie." That's funny. Yeah. So yeah, you've been a ball. You've been a ball player all your mm -hmm. life too. Then. Yep. Played in college. So where'd you go to college? Uh, I started off at a small Christian school, Williams Baptist, which is up in Walnut Ridge, and uh, then I moved to University of Arkansas Monticello, and then you know, classic baseball story. Got hurt, mm. you know. So just that ended that, you know. But my oldest son, he's a senior at tech and pitches there. So we're big baseball family. Don't really watch a lot of football or basketball, but baseball's our thing. Okay. That's uh yeah, I've never really been into baseball too much. Yeah. My son, it's yeah. boring to people who don't like know it. I yeah. like going to the games, but it's just like most sports like like hockey. I like to watch hockey, which isn't big at all here. Mm -hmm. UFC because I like, you know, it's part of my life. Yeah. <clears throat> but um never been too big into baseball. I played softball in the Army. That was, oh, yeah. That was fun. But. Oh, it's like softball is way better than baseball because it's just <laughs> faster, more exciting. Right. It's, it's, it's an hour fun. game, you know. It's, it's like let's fun. beat up on each other quick. That's it. So um, one of the things I love about you and a huge reason we uh, come back every Sunday is, is how real you are and your accent. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, that was for a pastor – I've never been to a church and I'm pretty infant in, in my faith walk, but um, to a church where the pastor is real, like, mm -hmm. Hey, you know, we're talking about this. And, you know, I'm, I'm a sinner too. Mm -hmm. I, I can't say that I've ever been to a church where they even got close to speaking that way. Oh, really? <laughs> um, you know, cause some of the, some of these churches around here are bigger and uh, just, you know, they, they kind of walk around like it's like, they're better than, you know they have to have to have that persona like, yeah uh, you know i'm i'm a pastor i've got to be xyz but instead of just being real like you are and yeah I, I know we really appreciate that well i've got kind of a kind of a god story 
with that. So growing up, um, you know, I wasn't the straight A student, you know, I wasn't really, you know, the most studious guy. Um, you know, my mom would probably say it's more due to laziness than smarts, but I just, and, uh, English was by far my worst subject. You know, I mean, and even today, if it wasn't for spell check on these phones, you would think I was a moron, you know? <laughs> and, uh, so after surrendering their ministry, a big part of why I didn't surrender the ministry for so long is because I, I just felt like I didn't add up, you know, like I'm, you know, I, all the pastors that I had that, I mean, I loved, they just seemed to be smarter and they just seemed more put together. You know, I was a little bit rougher, you know, and, uh, and so when I surrendered the ministry and start off in the youth, you know, I kind of felt like I could get by a little bit with sort of, you know, teaching the, you know, kind of the bread and butter of our faith. But then as I moved on and started teaching more adults and stuff and, you know, and kind of doing research and stuff, I find out that there's people who suffer from what they call the imposter syndrome. You know, like you're constantly, you're finally going to get found out that you don't know what you know, mm. you know? And so like teaching, uh, these adults and finding myself teaching, you know, older adults, yeah. you know, I'm just like, Oh, they're going to realize I'm a moron, you know? And so I kind of, what I did was at first I went out and sort of tried to mimic pastors that I liked, you know, how they talked and, and things like that. And so, uh, it's kind of a long story, but it's, it's a cool story. I don't share it with just everybody, but as you are or potentially are <laughs> as you are now on a podcast or yeah. potentially are yeah and, people uh, listen. <laughs> and so um so i've really been praying about you know seeking god and you know that fear of you know i've not been to seminary and you know these different kinds of things like that and so uh where we were living at the time it was in the spring and you know around here a lot of times you'll get those kind of yellow wild weed flowers will yeah. you know kind of bloom in the yard and so our middle son trying to be sweet he was probably five or six at the time he went out and grabbed a big handful of these flowers and gave them to my wife my wife owns a florist we've all been around flowers stuff like that and of course monica being as sweet as she is you know she tells levi she says oh that's so sweet they're so pretty let me find a vase and so she gets under the cabinet and she pulls out this vase and it's a, you know, kind of a milk white vase, real pretty ornate, you know, not real big. And she puts these flowers in them and goes and sets them at the end of a end table at the end of our couch. And she just tells Levi, oh, I love the flowers. Thank you so much. So Levi thinks, man, I got that much praise one time. Let's do it two times. So he goes back outside and grabs another big old handful. And of course, my wife, you know, not quite as you know, excited as the first time. She's like, Oh, thank you, Levi. But you know, two's probably enough. You know, I'll have one for the other. But that time she grabbed these flowers and threw them in a Mason jar and set them at the other end of the table. And so one morning I said, just reading scripture and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I just kind of felt the spirit just during prayer. Cause I think a lot of people in their prayer life, they don't listen enough. You know, they just want to like, you know, talk the whole time. And I just felt, you know, kind of be still moment. And I just sort of, God just showed me that, you know, my gospel, you know, the story of my son, Jesus and what he did, it's a beautiful story in itself, mm -hmm. you know? And so just like those flowers, even though they're a weed and kind of common and stuff like that, they're very special to your wife and, you know, and we're special to your son and Jesus is special to me. And he basically is like, you know, those same flowers are in that ornate vase, you know, but also those flowers are in that Mason jar. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like it was the spirit saying, you go be, you teach the way I made you, you know, and you tell, you know, you tell people about your faults, you know, you sound super hick, you know, there's probably a lot of times people listening right now is like, you're gonna have to put some subtitles, but you know, and, and just tell my story as true as you can. And I've given you life experiences. I've blessed you. I've done all these things and you tell that story through that. So in that moment, even today, if I write out all my sermon notes and if I sit there and I write a word out and I go, man, I misspelled that. I don't change it you know, and uh, because I'm just like, God don't want me to focus on that so much. He'd rather me focus on the truth. And then later what's cool is, and 
maybe your listeners or there's a real famous pastor. His name was D.L. Moody. And they said even in his last letter that he kind of wrote, I don't know if he wrote to a church or a friend or whatever, but there was five grammatic errors and stuff like that. So, you know, I was worried about the wrong thing. Yeah. You know, I was worried about me, you know, and if God's like, you know, I'm putting you in this position, you'll just do you, you know? So that's why I try to not pull any punches. I try to be real open. You know, I grew up in the eighties and nineties and watched every Adam Sandler movie and, and Chris Farley movie. So I kind of bent that way in comedy and, you know, so there's times I even kind of have to hold back because I'm like, this is on YouTube, you know? And uh, so, and I, and, you know, our church isn't real big and that's fine, but I just feel like who's there. And, you know, you saying that, I appreciate that because that's what I want people to feel, yeah. you know, that we're all in this together, you know? Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, like I said, we really appreciate that, that realism. And I feel like a lot of people, that's the society in general is just, so focused on what everybody else thinks instead of, you know, what God wants and, um, talk, talk about imposters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's imposter. Everybody's, uh, you know, oh, my life's so great on Facebook. Oh, like wears me out. But, you know, that's, like I said, that's what keeps bringing us back. But, mm-hmm. um, like with that said, speaking back on the church, uh, what do you think uh, are some of the biggest misconceptions people have on what a Christian man is? Well, in my generation, I've actually read several books about this. Um, I hate to say it, but I feel like a lot of people would think a real, like devoted Christian, hard follower of Jesus, you know, he's, he's going to look kind of soft, you know, uh, he's going to look almost, uh, like all the testosterone has been pulled out of him. And, you know, and I, you know, like I said, I've been involved a lot of men's groups and this is some of the stuff we've talked about. And they talk about how, you know, like in the seventies and eighties, there was like changes in some of the songs and some of the, you know, and it, and it sort of got focused on women and things like that. And, and like my dad's been involved in church his whole life and been in ministry. And he said, there just kind of came a point where you saw less men coming to church you know, because the ones that were kind of getting the lead roles and the ones that seemed to be, you know, oh, look what this guy's doing, they seemed kind of soft, you know. And so a lot of guys, you know, just bailed out. You saw a lot of moms bringing their kids and no husband, you know. And uh, so I feel like – So you think like the the, the manlier, manlier men, if you will, mm-hmm. were seeing that and they're like, well, there's no place for me. Yeah, you know, because you're a little bit gruffer, a little bit rougher, you know, maybe, you know, you're, you know, you may not be the guy who's up there holding his hands up to a song like As a Deer Panteth for Water. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and, and so even when I grew up, I think what hurt my generation is I, a lot of my Sunday school teachers and leaders I had were women and praise God for them. I mean, they served the church well. But there wasn't men coming in there teaching with them or trying to. And so, I mean, like, you know, Scripture tells us that, you know, God put his characteristics in men and women and we're different. And and some of the things that women are awesome at, we're horrible at, Absolutely. you know, but some of that stuff is sort of the softer side of the, you know, of our human being character you know and so if you know you're growing up you know i remember like vacation bible schools you know it's it's even in schools i mean you want boys to just sit down and shut up for hours at a time you know and you even saw that in church you know i'd sit there in a sunday school class and you know and i'd just be rocking back and forth going oh we got to get out of here next thing you know i blurt something out or whatever and i'm getting yelled at you know and and so you kind of growing up in that atmosphere until i got to be part of a really awesome men's group and we read the book you know john eldridge's wild at heart and kind of started going down that path it it was freeing you know it's like let's talk about the deer we killed let's talk you know let's bring that into the church let's you know let's bring that toughness back in the church you know and and i know joe rogan says all the time you know because you know ask the question like what manliness looks like and i know he got it from some you know, Japanese soldier or something, but, but it's that idea of being a warrior in a garden, Absolutely. 
You know, it's like standing out in the garden, enjoying the flowers, enjoying pruning the flowers, taking care of the flowers, but you got a sword on your hip too. You know, when the time comes, you need it. You need, you need a man up, you know, you need to stand up, you know, and I feel like also what sort of hurt the church a little bit is there's a lot of people who's kind of let the wind blow them towards what social people, what society says is okay, you know, but yet how we deliver our beliefs and stuff needs to be that warrior in a garden. You know, we can't just trample over people, but people need to realize we have a backbone, you know? Yeah. And that's one of the, that warrior in the garden is one of my, you know, it's, that's the way I kind of live. A lot of the guys that I work with, we're all, you know, we all work out. We all, Mm -hmm. you know, we're in martial arts, you know, all those things. And, a lot of us have deployed and all these other things. And that's always been one of those things, you know, because I think the full saying is it's better to be a, a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Right. Right. <laughs> absolutely. Right. And, you know, I'd rather be prepared than in a situation mm-hmm. have to be scared. And right. You know, because you know, my job, one of my jobs as a man in the, in a, in the home is to protect, protect mm-hmm. my home, protect my wife. And even though she's, she's pretty bad like you know, she can <laughs> Tough choke, choke me out you yeah know? <laughs> but you know at the end of the day it's still my responsibility mm-hmm. and for you to say um having seen that over the years where you know if if they're starting to, if the men back then were seeing softer men like mm-hmm. you said i can see why uh there's less masculine men if you will mm-hmm. in the church and um you know obviously that's a problem you know because it's the man's job to lead the household mm-hmm. and if they're not leading them to christ you know, that's an issue that's a huge issue in itself um so what do you think uh do you think there's any other big attributing factors to why there's not these men stepping up in church um well, and kind of like the story I told with some of the pastors I've had in the past. Um, I mean, I've had pastors that were like very competitive and we played basketball outside. And I mean, they would knock you down to score, Prison you know? Rules. Yeah. And, and, but then I've had pastors, you know, God bless them. I know they're tough, but I feel like, especially if they're pastoring a big church, they kind of have this persona that, you know, they're like overly caring, overly, and they are, but when you start getting that type people in leadership, you know, and I, and I hate to use the word soft, but when you kind of get those people in leadership, I think men sit out in the audience and go, I really don't want to be like that guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if that is one of my earthly, you know, models to want to be like, I don't want to be like that guy. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then if that guy, cause what I see a lot of times, what I try to operate in is I try to put people around me that on a certain level, make me uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know, that are different than me, you know, that might challenge me, you know? So, but I've seen a lot of pastors and stuff who avoid that, you know, and they put, they start putting people around them that are like them and then it turns into this, everybody in leadership's like them. Yeah. And, you know, and they're part of, you know, larger size churches. Cause you know, like I've been in churches and like I said, not everyone's saying names or anything like that, but you know, I've been in churches where the guys kind of feel that, you know, and then I end up teaching a class and, you know, I hear what they say, you know, and, and so it's, it's kind of tough, you know, in the sense of you don't really want to approach them and go, let's man up. But the one church that I think that I was part of that did it really well, that's kind of what happened. There were some guys that said, cause they, they read a book called church impotent and they read that. And then we read wild at heart and stuff like that. And these guys kind of stepped up and we started meeting together and they were, you know, cause guys, I mean, we, we're, we like being coached. You know, I mean, if, if I respect you and you kind of get in my face and be like, dude, you got to change some stuff. You got to man up. It's like you respect that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? We don't want, 
and God bless our wives because, you know, they think with their brains a lot more than we do. You know, it's like, I appreciate the times my wife says, Hey, you know, that was a little harsh or, you know, and, and I can kind of take that from my wife, but I definitely don't want to take it from other women in the church. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if a man tells me it's like, okay, you know, I, I get that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's, it's really tough because it is sort of a fine line, you know, and, and, but how it's, you know, how do you, and, and also how do you incorporate everybody? You know, because I can also, what I also saw in that situation is we ended up having some guys that were in charge that were pretty tough, gruff kind of guys. Yeah. But we all hunted and we fished and we shot guns and all this kind of stuff. And we kind of had some guys in there that that wasn't their thing. Yeah. You know, and I could tell they felt sort of left out, you know, because the deal is, is like, you can be a tough guy and be an amazing chef. You know, I mean, that's not, you know what I'm saying? You'd be a tough guy, be an amazing painter, right? you know? I mean, and, and so it's, you know, it's like we always got to walk in the spirit and just let him guide us and how we're going to deal with each other. But, you know, as far as, you know, what I see is I really think you get guys around each other and they're sitting around a campfire or stuff like that and they open up. You know, that's why I try to be real honest about my life. You know, I lose, I lose my lunch and I cuss, you know, and not saying that's right, but I think some people hear that they go, well, you know, it's just like I've talked with men before who I open up about like my marriage and I talk about the things we fight about, the things we get frustrated about. And you can just tell that it's freeing to them because they're like, here's this guy who's yeah. the pastor you know, who's dealing the same junk I'm dealing with at the house. Yeah. And that's what I'm, you know? that's what I'm saying. Like one of the, like I said, you're, you're so real. And like, if you go to some of these bigger churches, they're not going to talk about the bad. Mm -hmm. I, I, I honestly, again, I'm very infant in my, my walk, but I can't think of a sermon or anything where they're like, yeah, you know, we were going through this, mm -hmm. you know, but like, and I think that's where one of the, it's hard. It's, I feel like it's harder for a new Christian to walk into a church like that. Cause it feels intimidating. Yeah. I want to come back. Yeah. I know I left a church at one point because at that time I was a single father and everybody was married. Mm -hmm. Everybody was, and it's not like they were out, like outwardly judging me or mm -hmm. anything, but it felt that way because I was the only one in there. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's a big issue um, with churches because if, you know, you walk into a place and you feel that way, you're not going to want to come back. I yeah. mean, that's just the same thing like with me training guys to do, you know, jujitsu and stuff. If if I you walk in and I hurt your feelings because I ball you up, yeah. you're not going to want to come back. <laughs> right. You know, so that's uh, – and I hadn't really thought about it that way, but that's probably turning a lot of people away. Mm -hmm. Well, and like I said, I've been around it long enough, like the statistics mm – -hmm. Of if a man brings his family to church, you know, it is far more likely those kids will stay in church. Yeah. Versus, and like I said, I mean, praise God for women who, you know, get up on a Sunday and bring their kids to church and husband stays at home and she continues to pray for them. But that's why I've always felt like if we targeted the men, we can win everybody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, Cause I've even, you know, like I love youth ministry and I love that age group and I definitely want our kids to learn things and stuff like that. But there's a lot of families that I've seen go to churches because their kids love that church, Yeah, you know, and they're not necessarily being taught like super good Bible, but the kids like going because there's Xbox or their buddies right. or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And then if dad's there and he's like, this really ain't for me. And then he starts checking out and stuff like that. I mean, kids, you know, they can they can sniff out hypocritical people. Yeah. You know, so if you're one way on Sunday and you're different, you know, and like in my house, I mean, my kids would would say, you know, not that dad's different at home, but he definitely sins, you know. But I think a big part going back to that, something that masculine men have got to do well is we do have to ask for forgiveness 
when we've screwed up, mm-hmm. but we don't need to walk around saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it's like, I want you to know, like in my house, I'm real big on, it's like, I want you to know why I acted like that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, and I'm very sorry for what I said, because it might've hurt you, but it's where, let me tell you where it came from. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if you just kind of walk around and you're just, oh, damn, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? There's a difference in being like, I want to ask for forgiveness versus I'm sorry. Right. You know, because it just, there's, once again, it's a fine line. There's a manly way of asking for forgiveness and there's just kind of a, I give up. I'm sorry because I want everybody to go back to normal. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah it's, it's, uh, I mean, being a man in today's world is in today's world. <laughs> I, I, you know, and it's funny, I've been saying it for longer than I've been a Christian, but I remember thinking back, you know, 10, 15 years ago, being a white man in today's world, I'm a lot of times I'm, more hated than mm-hmm. others. I'm like, I didn't, you know, I didn't choose to be this way, but now being a Christian white man, yeah, it's, yeah, married, you know, like a straight Christian white man, it's it's crazy, is it? And it's, and I think it's the enemy trying to, you know, just demonize these good men mm-hmm. as much as he can, and it's pretty evident in, in today's society um, how that's everywhere. Well, and talking too about being that more masculine Christian type person too, you got to, you know, the Bible tells us to wake up every day and pick up our cross, you know, remind ourselves of the gospel, stuff like that. But we also have to remind ourselves, like, there's a lot of pressure on us. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of eyes on us. You know, I'm the head of a household. I'm, you know, a trainer. I'm, you know, there's a lot of people looking at us and we got to know we're fixing to go to war, yeah. you know? And I think with guys, What's hard for us sometimes is, you know, and I've said this a bunch of times, but that's why we like movies, you know, especially a movie like a Braveheart, which he dies in the end. But, you know, a movie where some guy rises up, you know, and becomes a hero and stuff like that. And then, you know, I call it the slay the dragon. You know, they get to go and they slay this dragon. And and I think Jordan Peterson actually uses this metaphor, but I said this long before he said this. I'm just saying that. And uh, so, but, you know, you get to go slay this dragon, but in real life, let's say we live to be 85. That's a long time to slay dragons, you know, and we're, and we're, as men, we're real prone to just kind of sit down, you know, and uh, I was going to, you notice I brought in some, a little book and so two things like in our house, which in our house from the get go, I mean, I read my kids C.S. Lewis. I read, you know, we watched the Lord of the Rings. I mean, all that stuff. And the whole time we watch those things, I am constantly saying, you know, this is look at the Bible side of this. You know, I mean, this this is these are metaphors for what Christian living's like. Yeah. I mean, that's where you, I mean, C.S. Lewis 100 percent wrote those books, the Narnia books you know, to have that, you know, and Tolkien and writing Lord of the Rings, he doesn't really lay it out that, that harsh of a line, but I mean, there's a ton, they're both believers, you know? And so this is a quote from Winston Churchill and he's talking about the, you know, World War II and obviously Hitler and the Axis armies, you know, they're just plowing through all these countries and they're getting close to Britain. And so he makes this statement. He says, Still, if you will not fight for the right when you can easily win without bloodshed, if you will not fight when your victory will be sure and not too costly, you may come to the moment when you will have to fight with all the odds against you and only a precarious chance of survival. There may even be a worse case. You may have to fight when there's no hope of victory because it's better to perish than to live as slaves. You know, I mean, I think some of that manliness that and and not throwing this on like my dad's generation or now my generation or anything like that. But if there was a point where we would have been just a little bit more, you know, hey, we got to say something. Yeah. You know, and because like I said, as men and this come, this is that kind of fine line of stuff. Some of us are like, let's just retreat to the garden. 
you know, let's watch TV or, you know, whatever, instead of like, we need to go outside and play with our kids or we need to, you know, in, instead of I blew up in front of everybody and I'm just going to, you know, y'all kiss it. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just got to go outside or whatever. And there's sometimes we need to cool off, but have that conversation afterwards, which is hard for men to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's, and that's what this is pointing out, you know, and I just, like said, looking back and I, you know, people might listen to this and go, man, that dude is rough on modern churches, but we went through this seeker sensitive age where men would get on stage to sing songs and wear slim jeans. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, you know, there's only maybe three guys in the world that can pull those off, <laughs> you know, and you choose to wear it on a Sunday, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm just like, what was presented to these people, but people loved going to those churches because the music was great and all this stuff. And the preaching was real, like, you know, a few verses, but let's talk about how that applies to life. And, you know, it was kind of feel good. Feel good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and I would sit there and be like, man, the devil's beating down our door. He's coming after us. And now look where we're at. You know I mean? We got to fight against transgenders and, you know, stuff like that, you know, and that's like this. It's like what happens when, you know, we're close to the day that, you know, we might be arrested for our faith or be arrested. I mean, you know, it's a chance, you know, having this podcast. I mean, some, you know, artificial intelligence picks up what we're saying and then makes it out like we're evil, you know, but the thing is, is like, we love people, you know, and we want them to know, um, the love of Christ, you know, and we're, we'd never hurt anybody. And I've got another CS Lewis quote that, uh, was real big. We taught our boys, uh, and it, he said, since it is so likely that children will meet cruel enemies, let them at least have heard of brave knights and heroic courage, you know? And so I don't think, you know, a lot of times we paint Jesus as this like just lovey dovey kind of guy. Yeah. But just like your wife's t-shirt, I mean, <laughs> he flipped over some tables. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now he can justly do it because who he is, you know, but you know, Jesus was way more tough than I think we give him credit for. You know what I'm saying? And, and and like, you know, and I hope, you know, we're not at a moment where all odds are against us and stuff, but, you know, I would love to see, you know, men come back to church, fall in love with Jesus. It just be the thing they talk about. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's, you know, this, this podcast came up from, you know, Proverbs 27, 17, Mm -hmm. uh, it's been on my heart and I'm around guys like that all the time. And I just felt, you know, like you were saying, if people, if somebody sooner would have just stood up and mm-hmm. done something and, you know, for, for a long time, I was like, well, you know, it doesn't affect my life. I need to just, you know, whatever. Do it me. doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. And that type of thinking, you know, if, I think that way. I'm sure somebody else thinks mm-hmm. that way too. It's not a part of my life. I don't got to worry about it. Right. No, that's been a big verse in any men's ministry. And what we always point out is it says iron sharpens iron. Yeah. It's not iron sharpens lead. Or I mean, it's right. it's two hard metals that when rubbed against each other, hold each other up, make yeah. each other better. You know what I'm saying? And that's just like, you know, you do jiu-jitsu and I had two lessons of jiu-jitsu and they broke me. And, um, but... <laughs> You know, it's like, I hate, like, back in the day when I wrestled with people and stuff like that, you kind of hate somebody you throw around. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you want pushback. You know, you want somebody to make you better. Right. You know, and that's just like, you know, men playing in women's sports. I'm like, you've got to be twisted to think you're awesome. You know, it's like, I'd rather get beat by Michael Jordan than to go thump a kid on the third grade playground. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and that's why that, you know, it's very, you know, it's iron sharpens iron. It's yeah. two hard objects, two tough objects that sharpen each other. Yeah. And that's, that's like I said, it's just been on my heart for a long time and I didn't know how I was going to go about it. And I, I'm getting ready to do this. Uh, it's called the tactical games. I don't know if I've talked to you about mm-hmm. it, but it's, it's basically like kind of like CrossFit meets shooting. Oh yeah. In tactical gear. And, um, you know, a lot of, 
military guys do it, law enforcement guys do it, and then there's like CrossFitters that just go out there and <laughs> dominate the physical aspect. Yeah. Of it. But for my buddy and I that signed up for it, like it's just so it's different for us. Like we were in the military, but you know, that was a long time ago, being in that kind of shape mm-hmm. to do that type of stuff. And so it's just something else to push us uh, to a different level mm-hmm. to build each other up and to, you know, go out there and compete and see what happens. I mean, we don't know how well we're due, but that's the type of thing that I'm hoping is will flourish from this is just getting guys out there to build each other up, right. go out there and, you know, be healthier, work out, you know, uh, try hunting, try fishing, mm-hmm. you know, just different, all these different things that, you know, like even like Man Alive or uh, uh, Wild at Heart talks about, you know, just being out in nature. Oh, yeah. And like you said, being out at a, a bonfire, you know, mm-hmm. just something, it's hard for you not to want to pick up a stick as a man and, you know, play with the fire. Oh, yeah. You, wanna, you need to get out there and touch the fire a little bit. Well, when I grew up in yeah. church, we actually had an organization that was called Royal Ambassadors, RAs, and it was sort of like the church's version of Boy Scouts. Mm. And you know, it, it really was a good deal. Um, and we did do some outdoor stuff, but it's like in recent history, when I was doing some youth things and stuff like that, we did some pretty insane guy stuff (laughs) and those dudes remember it, you know? And I, I just, like you said, you know, in the eighties or even early nineties, there was nobody going, hey, let's go out to our place and just shoot stuff, you know, and, and talk about Jesus. Yeah. You know, it was like, all right, boys and girls, we're going to have a pizza party and watch a movie. You know, I mean, if the pizza wasn't there, the girls weren't there, I'd be not there, you know. <laughs> and and so it's not like we go gung-ho G.I. Joe and that's all we do. There's always got to be purpose behind it, you know, but – it's just that always being ready. And you mentioned like, you know, the exercise part and stuff like that. It's like any of us who work out, cause like I'm going through a phase where I've not been to the gym much, you lose it so quick. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why scripture talks about athletes and things like that. Because if, if you're familiar with lifting and, or just being flexible, it does not take very long to get weak and not flexible, oh, no. you know, no. and, and that's part of that masculinity thing. Yeah. I think for our families, our kids need to look at guys and go, man, my dad tries to stay strong. He's a strong guy. You know, it's important to him, but also that he's strong in his faith, yeah. you know, and he, and he says the things, you know, he, he knows the Bible or he knows, you know, or he tries to point me to, you know, for, for my path, you know, cause we are, I mean, as guys, we're prone to let, somebody else take over and just sort of veg out and cause it's easy. Yeah. You know, I mean, sitting on the couch and watch TV is awesome. You it know, is. yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it's a lot of that is, is the habit, right? You, mm-hmm. you have to have the habit and the discipline to do those things. Right? Mm-hmm. I know, um, you know, four, four or five years ago, I'd, you know, come home from work and long day and I'm take off my vest and I want to just sit down and play, you know, Xbox, mm-hmm. and do those things. And now it's like, like I don't, I don't want to do those things. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know, I, I come home, like we have, we have these big TVs and everything, but we rarely watch TV. Yeah. It, takes us, <laughs> it takes us four days to watch a movie. Right. So right. We're, we're just constantly doing things. And, you know, for men, you need to have, like a, a mission mm-hmm. goal, a dragon to slay, like mm-hmm. you were saying, you know, and, and a lot of men don't have that. No. Especially if uh, there's a, a strong woman in, in their, in their life. Mm-hmm. Like my wife's a strong woman, but she's also a strong Christian woman. Right. And we, we know. The Proverbs lady. Yeah. yeah. And, but there's a lot of guys that uh, they have the women that's, the head of the household, the woman that's the, the bread maker. Not that there's necessarily anything wrong with that, but if they're leading the whole, the whole pack. Well, it's the mama bear mentality. Yeah. I mean, even my wife will take my kids side sometimes over me, you know, cause I'm mean or whatever, you know, but yeah, I mean, it's like, she's going to say, if nobody's leading, I'm going to lead, mm. you know? And, you know, you see these guys and this was the big thing we used to push it's like it's it's awesome to have hobbies, but don't use that to excuse yourself from 
doing what you need to do. Yeah. You know, don't spend 10 hours a week playing golf. Yeah. Now, if your life allows you to do that and you're out there like ministering and maybe your kids are grown or whatever, that's one thing. Right. But if you're just, re- you know, that's what we'd always say, you know, check your heart. You know, are you doing this to retreat? You know, or are you doing this? Because we need, guys need to get away. Yeah. I mean, we need to have our breaks from the world and, you know, stuff like that. But if that's what, y'all, you know, I talk about this a lot when, you know, they start hammering Jesus over these questions like, well, what is adultery or what is divorce or what is that and stuff like that? And he says, you know, it was written that, you know, do not covet another man's wife or commit adultery. But, you know, and all the truth be told, if you've thought it, you've done it. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus, you know, is always looking at our hearts, you know, and uh, and so it's like that's where you always got to. And that goes back to that warrior mentality. You know, I mean, you've got to sometimes get still and you know, meditate over the word, meditate over your life and let God talk to you and, and just make sure you're, you know, and we're not perfect. I mean, you know, I say that all the time. I mean, we're going to struggle with it till the day we die, you know, but there's, it's just amazing. And I think, you know, and also be compassionate, you know, I mean, I think another good area for guys to get together and I'm not saying it's got to be a big boohoo moment, but I mean, if it's an emotional moment and you're opening up and you're confessing to each other and things like that, we need that too. Mm-hmm. Because you keep that jammed up inside you, you're going to hurt somebody yeah. eventually. Yeah. You know, you're going to lash out at your wife or your kid or, you know, something, you know. And, uh, and, and it's like the temperature being, you know, built up on a tea kettle. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to go off. And, you know, you, you brought up uh, Wild of Heart. And like I, I think I've told you, I've been to the Man Alive expedition, mm-hmm. and um, I'm going here in a couple of weeks. And you know, that's what a lot of it's about is, you know, just being out in nature and just, you know, we all get rid of our phones for the mm-hmm. weekend. There's bonfires, mm-hmm. you know, and just guys, you know, smoking cigars and you know, doing things that they probably wouldn't do. Right yeah, but they're wise, you know. Well, like, I tell you, one of the coolest things that talking about the difference and like, you know, some of the freeing moments in your life and realizing, so, you know, we're men. I mean, we're attracted to women. That's how God made it out. And I'll never forget, you know, I went out there to John Eldridge's deal and it was him and all the guys and stuff, you know, he's big on movie clips, you know? And so he starts showing this movie clip and it's got, uh, Oh, what's her name? She was in kill bill. They did. Or at least, Charlie yeah, Charlie Stanton or whatever. And she's in this top. And I mean, her chest is just like coming out of the top, you know. And then Eldridge gets up there and goes, so what was she talking about? And God's like, Whoa. he's like, I know what you're looking at, you know. And so there was like, that's the other side of like being a man. Not that we, you know, lust after girls and stuff like that. But it's like just knowing how God made us, you know, and, and being able to tame that stuff and, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, because for the longest, I felt like some of that stuff, I was just told the Bible says, you know, gouge out your eye if you, you know, it's whatever. And it's like, man, God made us like this. We just got to figure out how to apply it to life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what I love about Eldridge is like, uh, there's a lot of things growing up in church. You kind of felt like you had to bundle up and you couldn't talk about it. Yeah. You know, you couldn't go to an older man and talk about it. And because they would just give you some, you know, well, this is the default statement I'm supposed to give you. And then you go off and deal with it, Yeah. you know, but that's what I love about Eldridge and stuff is, you know, he's like, I know it's, I know how you're made up. I know the, I know your issues you're going to have in life. You know, let's talk about them. Let's, you know, do these things. And, you know, you talking about the bonfires and smoking cigars, stuff like that. You know, it's just like, you know, it just, it's kind of freeing in it. And, and when you know, other guys are out there like that, and that goes back to, you know, some of the problems in a church. You know, if a guy gets to the point where, you know, he doesn't want to go, even if his wife goes to church, he's sitting here and he's not having that, you know, companionship with another solid Christian dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, that's a big thing, right? Like, you, like I keep saying, iron sharpens iron. You know, you, you got to be around those groups of guys. And, you know, part of that ch- that struggle can be too is like if you're – uh, if you don't have 
other guys that are going to build you up. Like if you just have a bunch of you know passive men, you're going to be passive, mm-hmm. right? And there's a lot of people that like, oh, I, you know, I want this kind of change in my life. I want this kind of change in my life, but they don't put themselves, go that route yeah, put them in those situations yeah. to be better. You know, like if you're, you're usually a product of your five closest friends, mm-hmm. so if you're you know, around a bunch of dirtbags or you know passive men, you know, you want to be you want to put yourself in these situations and I, like the, like when I think about um, going to those man alive things, there's a lot of guys there that and my one buddy, uh, he's like, I would never speak to half of these dudes. And if I saw him in <laughs> like outside of here, yeah, you know, yeah. cause he's, you know, one of the, one of the uh, most dangerous men I know. And oh, yeah. I'm around guys that are yeah. accountants. And, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Like that. But we, at the end of the day, when you go to these things, you realize you all have the same desires, the same you temptations, know, temptations yeah. the same problems, you know, and as men, that's hard to, uh, you know, confront mm-hmm. and, you know, breaking down those barriers and being able to do that. That's part of building. Yeah. Up. That's part of that sharpening of the iron. Yeah. You know, cause it, it can be hard, you know, if you don't, it can wreck marriages. It can wreck relationships, all kinds of things. If you don't have that other man to talk, to talk to and to build you up and it it can be well, I think Eldridge's claim to fame, most huge statement he ever made was the dad wound. Yeah. You know, and for me, even though my dad is most awesome, you know, I mean, most, one of the most godliest faith men I've ever met you know, he was kind of the turn the other cheek guy, you know? And so there were times in my life, I really wanted to pound somebody because they were picking on me, you know? And then later in life, you kind of find out through even like a James Dobson or, you know, some heroes of our faith, you know, they're like, that's not good for a boy, you know? And so because of that, you know, as elders would say, you know, you kind of take that dad wound and you apply it to God, you know, that he's, you know what I'm saying? And so, and, and I mean, my dad's tough. He would stand up for whatever he would need to stand up in, but, but there just was, you know, it was just a little more passive in my house. You know, he didn't really do the sport thing. So like that, I mean, he would always get on to me cause I was just so competitive. He's like, why are you so competitive? You know, so <laughs> like that, you know, and so there's a little bit of that. You feel like you're being harnessed and throttled back. And if there would have been dudes, that came in and say, hey, it's okay to be like that. You know, we just got to serve the Lord with it and understand it, you know. That's where a lot of the problem, you know, people talk about toxic masculinity. You know, you can't let boys do that. But mm-hmm. that's how we were designed. Right. We weren't designed to be uh, soft, essentially, mm-hmm. right? You know, that's why you you don't have to have put a boy in front of video games. You put him outside with a stick and he turns boxes. it into a gun. Yeah. He's going to do something yeah. masculine. That's what, you know, the, but the thing with that too, is it's not, it's not a violence thing. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a protector thing. Yeah. And conquer. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, I want to be, we all want to be superheroes. We want to be bigger than I am. So when you go outside and play, who are you fighting off? Bad guys. Right. You know, it's that classic Christmas story. You know, he gets the BB gun. He's yeah. knocking off bad guys, you know. And and then, you know, the whole, you know, gun violence world, stuff like that. I was talking to uh, a guy. He's an Indian. And uh, he serves in a church in Little Rock. And so his ministry is to Indian exchange students, you know, in Little Rock at Euler and at the different colleges and stuff. Mm-hmm. And of course, a lot of them are Hindu and, right. you know, and they're, and so he's trying to, cause you know, Hindu is just like Muslims and a lot of things. I mean, if one of them comes to Christ, I mean, their families will like disown them and stuff, yeah. you know? And um, so he was talking to me and we were sitting, you know, with these other Hindus and stuff. And, and they were like, you got any questions for us? And, and one guy goes, he goes, are y'all not so scared with all the guns here? You know? And I was like, it's kind of opposite of that. We feel safe with all the guns here. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so later I got talked to him. I was like, have these guys ever shot a gun? He goes, oh. He goes, we've taken them out sometimes and let them shoot. And I was like, how they, what they like? And he goes, oh, they feel like they've got Thor's hammer. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's like, they love it. Yeah. You know what I mean? These are 20-year-old guys that 
it's possibly the only time they've ever seen a weapons in a movie mm-hmm. and they put their hands around, and they realize, I mean, it just, it's not that we're going to go, you know, we use weapons and things like that to defend and, you know, stuff like that, but it's just weird how we're wired like that, you know, and, it, and I'm not saying this as an original statement, but and now that I've had a daughter, it's really obvious, but you take a five-year-old boy, he's going to go outside and like you say, he's going to pick up a stick, pretend it's a gun, pretend it's a spear, right. try to make a bow, yep. you know, whatever. We're not going outside going, well, let me act like my father. Let's, <laughs> let's pretend I'm playing catch with my son. Yeah. You know, you just don't do that. But I look over at my daughter and what does she have? A baby doll. Yeah. She wants to pretend she's cooking with mom, you know, and all these kind of things. It's like, it's in us and we've got to, you know, use it for his kingdom. Yeah. You know, yeah, and that's that's the thing. It, it's crazy how society has just twisted up everything and made. And, and toxic masculinity is such a weird statement mm-hmm. in itself, but just made any masculinity to be like a, a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And then they wonder why so many crazy bad things are happening in the world, right? You know, all it takes for evil to pair, or, uh, prevail is a few good men not to do anything. Right. And that's happening everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's kind of scary, but it's also, you know, if you think about it, I'm very infinite in everything. And, you know, we're, we're reading Revelation. Uh, and it's 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 coming. Mm-hmm. And, Somebody's going to go through it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Jesus is coming back one way or another. And, uh, you know, I... Until that day, I am going to do everything I can to protect my family. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, it's, you know, I work out, I do jujitsu, I shoot guns. Mm-hmm. And now I'm trying to build up other men. I'm not trying to, you know, make a militia or right, <laughs> right. start a, you know, an MC or, you know, mm-hmm. something crazy like that. I just want to help build up other men in the gospel and, you know, so they can also protect their, yeah. what's theirs. Yeah. And, you know, be healthy and all these all these good things yeah it's okay to be tough it's okay to lift weights it's okay you know mm-hmm. it's okay to cook a meal too yeah you know oh, i like cooking and i think you know that's something i feel like i saw in my era is you know if if, uh, if a guy seemed kind of feminine or whatever they started saying they were you know homosexual and stuff like that and i'm like that's not the right thing to do mm-hmm. you know it's just that's what they like to do you know some guys like to cook some guys like to you know what i'm saying and we felt like everybody had to be compartmentalized yeah. and uh you know and i like i say in church it's it's believers and non-believers and even though the world might not think this those of us who are believers and really try to live by christ's teaching we're trying to help everybody yeah you know i mean we want to get people saved we want to get lives changed and you know but we're going to stand for what we believe in and we live in an amazing country that you know we're us to do that we're caesar yeah. You know, we get to vote. We have a say, you know, I mean, stuff like that, you know, and not that we're going to go out and break laws, but, you know, we're going to stand against abortion. We're going to stand against, you know, same-sex marriage. We're going to do what, you know, but we're not going to go, you know, cause violence. Right. You know, now violence comes to us. That's a different, right? you know, deal, you know, but, but I think you're on the right path, you know, and I'm glad you've started, you know, this podcast because that just puts another one out there because, like, I think one of the most controversial characters right now is Andrew Tate, you know, and, you know, you get a lot of boys liking that because it seems tough and seem he's saying the right stuff, but he's a little too much one direction. Right. You know, it's like, I, I know what you're saying. You know, we're kind of saying that too, but you're still sort of a chauvinist. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that, and you know, that's, uh, Tomorrow, I think uh, Brittany and I are gonna we're gonna record an episode and just talking about being a uh, good husband, mm-hmm. you know, and and all about that because it's not just all about being, uh, you know, a masculine man. Yeah, walk over somebody, right? It's mm-hmm. also being a you know good husband, mm-hmm. and um, that's something that we've worked on a lot even before we got married, and that's something you know it's all been uh Jesus led and uh that's another thing that a lot of guys are lacking and they don't even if they are Christians they don't know necessarily how to be a good Christian husband right and then if again circles back if the if the woman is filling a lot of those roles 
it's just it's just setting up for a lot of failures. Oh yeah, and maybe sometime I can come back. Maybe we need to have Monica on here, but. You know, there's a lot of stuff I see in what I would call secular teaching about marriage mm-hmm. that sets them up to fail, yeah. you know, and, you know, like one of the biggest things that we were taught that I think goes a long ways is you'll hear a lot of folks talk about, oh, in a marriage, it's 50, 50 percent. That makes 100 mm-hmm. percent. Well, oh. what we were taught, it's 100, 100, yep. you know, and like if you're trying to do your best, she's trying to do her best. And it ain't about like, well, your job's to pick up my underwear you know, and yeah, your jobs, yeah. it is, you know, I'm, do, you know, that does not go well no. because your life's always changing. And, you know, and we're in a busy society. It's like you need to, you know, bend over and do something that, you know, maybe most of the time she does do the laundry. But if it does get backed up and Monica heard me say this, I'm saying this because she feels like she does the laundry all the time, you know, <laughs> but if there's time that, you know, you need to pitch in and help. You need Absolutely. to pitch in and help. You don't just go sit down because you're like, I checked off my checklist yep. well i mean what if she worked late or just had a rough day and needed to sit down you and know? that goes back to me saying how like yeah sometimes i think about like sitting down and playing video games or sitting there watching movies mm-hmm. or anything but you know she's gone a lot of the day too and right I, when i get home if, if she's not home already i'll you know start dinner you know dishes whatever you know that's um again being a man in a, in a household is is leading yeah and sometimes well, the lead you got to pick yeah. up the slack well even in church and like relationships and stuff like that i mean god jesus taught through a sacrificial leadership you know what i'm saying yeah. i mean he did not come in and go hey i'm here y'all bring me stuff y'all do stuff for me right. you know i'm taking a nap but i'll come calm the sea i mean you know what i'm saying i mean it was constant sacrifice right. yep. you know and even when he knew they were going to betray him and stuff like that, he still sacrificed, you know. And that's what's supposed to look like us as husbands and everything, you know. Yeah, and it it, it can be it can be tough at times. It really mm-hmm. can. Oh yeah, we get selfish. Yeah, I mean we're, I mean, you know that's 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 the whole thing about getting to heaven is to be rid of this mess. Yeah, you know, to live like God intended it. You know. Yeah, and I just think at the end of the day. <clears throat> There's just so many misconceptions and just falsities, whatever you want to call it, that how a man should be uh, in today's society and like how a Christian man should mm-hmm. be even furthermore. And, and they're just lies. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I'm hoping, you know, just bring on more guys. And, um, you know, like I said, I'm going to do an episode with the wife and everything just to hopefully expound on that right and get it out there people listen great if not you know i'm still gonna keep doing what i'm doing well it's out there and it's recorded and you never know who's going to find it and hear it and you'll probably hear somebody comes like man that that saved my life you know that changed me you know stuff like that and especially the more and more guys you have on you know that are real and all that and you know what i'm saying that's even like within my job um, ever since for the past year, I've been within the training trying to get somebody to come up to me at the end of the you know eight mm-hmm. weeks and hey, I'm I signed up for jujitsu, I've signed up for a gym, I'm mm-hmm. trying to do this because I know it's going to better their lives. Right, plant those seeds. Right, and here more recently, I've been you know been a lot more open about my faith. Cool, my students too. Awesome, and you know just setting those you know plant those plant seeds, plant man. those seeds, yeah. but also you know. Have those guys, some guys go up to me like, hey, I like your shirt because I've been wearing, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Christian workout shirts and stuff like that, or, you know, just these different things. But also it's showing some of these guys who may look up to me not knowing that I'm a Christian, but that mm-hmm. once they find out I'm a Christian, that's still going to be in the back of their mind. Right. You know, even if they don't believe that way, they might be like, one day they might be like, man, he's doing something right. I look up to him. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should look into this and mm-hmm. see, see what Jesus is all about. Well, that's even, you know, we talked about this when that that Anthony guy that did that Richmond, north of Richmond, was on Joe Rogan. You know, he oh, yeah. read out Ecclesiastes, I think, or Proverbs, you know, and even Joe's like, man, that's some that's good stuff. You know, there's just like people don't realize, and there's bad players in the church. Sure. I mean, there are people who make good Christian people look horrible. Yeah. You know, but it's just those little things that 
it's like, man, I, I, I might throw away the, all the New Testament, but man, if I was really to follow Solomon's teaching, the wisest man in the world, it helped me out, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, just planting those seeds and people kind of seeing that and stuff, that's all we're here to do. So, you know, we lay it out and let Jesus, you know, take it to the hoop, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Well, man, I, I really appreciate you, uh, joining me today i'm sure we'll, we'll get together again yeah that was awesome i enjoy this stuff i love talking about jesus yeah and how i can change people's lives so and I, and I that's why i think if we just get more men to get on the same page mm -hmm. it could really make a difference really right good so uh, cool. i appreciate it yeah. and uh yeah